0: podcast. My name is Matthew Dawkins and I am joined by my co-hosts, Eddie Webb. Hello. And Dixie Cochran.
1: Hi, we're all together again.
0: We are. We are. Long may it last. And this <laughs> is approximately episode 249 i say approximately because we have interfered with that episode listing if you were a real pedant and i you know you know who you are you (laughs) will now check the number of episodes we put out and it's somewhere closer to 260 but that is because there's been all kinds of weird supplemental things things like the aether radio drama is there as well uh, not Aether Radio Drama. I'm getting ahead of myself, Adventure aren't radio I? Drama. The Adventure Radio Drama. Uh, don't worry, I've not spoiled anything. Uh, you a fund- lot of people <laughs>
1: just panicked and thought they missed an Aether yeah. Radio Drama. You,
0: you funded it back as of Aether. Thank you. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. It's. Uh, it's uh, we, We've done this for a while now, haven't we? <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> two, it's, we really have. 49 weeks. So we've
1: been doing it since 2018. Yeah. <laughs> we actually got congratulated by Podbean the other week on publishing 250 episodes, and I'm like, joke's on you! I just uploaded episode 244 you know, or whatever.
0: <laughs> yeah, we... Uh, what There are serious felonies we could have committed and, <laughs> and got out sooner than the <laughs> overall runtime of the 249 episodes. Of the Onyx podcast. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah. Actually, I don't know. I don't know. I'm no mathematician. If each episode lasts approximately an hour in length, why? Yeah. That's 249 hours.
1: Yes. That's yeah. not a
0: serious felony.
1: No, that's like a little over 10 days.
0: <laughs> I think that's drunk and disordered. Well, that's more than drunk and disorderly. Maybe some breaking and entering. And then finally, I managed to scrape together a bail. Then I skipped the border.
2: N- now I want to see the list of
0: podcast crimes. What is the ranking to of podcast crimes? What crimes can you commit on a podcast? I. S- is it libel
1: or slander, when me say it out loud. Yeah,
0: slander. Uh, <laughs> Flanders? Flanders. Uh, is hate wow. speech a crime? I'm not suggesting yes. we do it. Yes, yes. okay. Yes. Uh, he said naively.
1: I mean, Alex Jones has a podcast, so clearly well... you can commit some crimes on podcasts. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Zing. <laughs> Crimes against uh, just general good taste. quality good taste, and good yeah. Taste, yeah.
2: <laughs> and
0: culture. But uh, for our 249th episode, we did invite you, the listeners, to submit questions. I mean, we did this kind of with a mind to a 250th episode, and it's just as well we did because we have, at time of recording, received around 30 questions. I say around because there are some duplications. And also some things we just won't answer for the for, yeah, for the sake of decency, much like Alex Jones wouldn't.
2: <laughs> Believe me, Ale-
0: Alex Jones would answer all the questions you're asking about Chronicles of Darkness. So maybe go and listen to him. Actually, I can't advocate
1: that. Don't don't, don't push people towards Alex Jones. <laughs> what are you, the YouTube algorithm?
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes, uh, Z- no one knows more about Chronicles of Darkness. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we could put that as a testimonial on the back cover. What
1: is happening already?
0: Speaking Um, of conspiracies, though,
2: um, one of the nice things about moving overseas is that I get a whole new crop of conspiracy theories that I'm not used to.
1: Oh, it's true. It's true. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, So uh, I have been exposed to the 15 Minute City Conspiracy. The what? 15, so the 50-minute city apparently is a concept of that – it, it's urban planning, right? It's just right. reorganizing areas so that way everything that a person could reasonably want is within a 15-minute walk. Okay. okay. That sounds so great. It's Yeah, you, you structure your schools, your um, you know, grocery, shopping, vet, doctor, all that within a 15-minute space. So everything is roughly a mile from everything else.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
2: Apparently, uh, there's been it's been going around in England and around the conservative uh, circles that this means that um, you are not going to be allowed to leave any beyond a mile from where you live. After that, um, the UK <laughs> will come down and stop you from moving, and you cannot go any further. It's surely like the Wandavision
1: a, hex, like, yeah, like right? Sure, exactly. Surely,
0: that's a good thing for British conservatives who don't. <laughs> who, yeah, they don't. Theory, they don't want new people, yeah. right? uh so and also yes of course that is bullshit my my doctor's is around 45 minutes away from where i am so you know up yours conspiracy theories <laughs> we'll see the who system. cancels who uh, so, <laughs> who cancels whom
1: i cannot wait to hear about all of your uh your brand new british conspiracy theories that you get over there eddie
2: well actually the other thing i've been getting into is um why is the tube late this week Okay, and sometimes it's like you know, uh, there's because there's signs on the tube like, hey, this line's been delayed because you know uh, there was an accident on the track. Or, yeah, we have you know.
1: we have that on the metro here.
2: Right. The you know, uh, 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 the two I saw seen recently is um, gang of birds. That's the actual phrase used. A gang of birds.
1: Mm. I mean, I mean, it was swans or geese if they were a gang.
2: Right. Uh,
0: and yeah, one if who, someone was being actually correct about it. Right.
1: <laughs> well, no, I just find that those birds are evil.
0: Oh, oh right! You uh, have something against the swan. That's that what is the plural um, of swan? That, that's uh, our, swans. Our king's chosen bird is the swan. Do
1: you mean the collective noun?
0: The collective yeah. noun, yes. Yeah, so I was thinking. Yeah.
1: I think it's like a it's something really like a gracefulness.
0: Ridiculous. Anyway, what's the yeah. other one?
2: And 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 then the other one was man sleeping on tracks. Huh. Oh,
1: apparently, swans can be a gaggle, they can also be a bevy, a lamentation, a wedge, or a flock.
2: A lamentation.
0: People are going too far now. You only need one collective noun. Let's. let's Lamentation
2: of the flame swans.
0: Let, let's <laughs> no. not promote that either. <laughs> <laughs> the lamentation of the burning swans. But <laughs> no, swans
1: are, swans are mean. Have you met swans? Oh, no, they, no they're, they, they're vicious. They, they they're hit? vicious. They're, oh, I, they're awful.
0: I, oh, I know, I know. But they're also protected in this country. So we have to respect them right. or they'll kind of come things. for us.
1: Which means that a gang of swans can actually take over the tube and you can't do fucking shit about it.
0: <laughs> That that is That's correct. You certainly can't love. kick one.
1: As so. long as they do it within
2: 15 minutes of your house, you're fine.
1: What if the swans attack
0: you? You just have to let it happen. This is the monarch's <laughs> oh, no. decree. The swans are channeling him. the will of King Charles. <laughs> <laughs> they are all That's his familiars.
1: The, I, I was going to make King Charles to control the swans.
0: Yeah, uh, it's uh, that isn't a conspiracy. That is a fact.
1: Honestly, it is still weird to hear King Charles. I keep being like, wait, from yeah, like from like many years ago. Like...
0: <laughs> Yeah, well, I still, you know, there's still some morons who insist that he was behind the death of Diana, or or the Queen was behind the death of Diana, or any other number of people was somehow behind the death of Diana. Uh, so that, for a long time, was our most popular conspiracy theory because right. someone can't just have a car crash.
1: I mean, that's that's also one that like we hear over here. You know, like, and I mean, I think that the nuanced take on that is like. Maybe some more shit should have been done to protect certain people from tabloids. In certain yeah, I mean, oh, yeah, yeah, but but like that's a different conversation than like the queen hired a hitman.
0: Yeah, I mean it's a really <laughs> it's unreliable. Yes, yeah, an unreliable way to murder someone. Trying to, I mean, obviously people do die in car crashes, of course, but uh, as a means of assassination. A car crash is survivable in a mm-hmm. lot of cases. So, but yeah, when I uh, I think I may have recounted on the on the podcast before, when I was on my way back from uh, Paris uh, for the Vampire the Masquerade Swan Song, appropriately no. uh, p- launch party, No, it was, <gasps> oh, uh, no. and I was in a in a carriage with a uh, delightful uh, lady from California, as I remember it, and. One of the first things she asked me when, after we started chatting was, so what do you think? Do you think Diana was uh, murdered by Charles? I thought, well, that came out of nowhere. Uh, wow. is this Is this, you know, what you ask every British person you start chatting to?
1: Probably. Well, yes, because all, all British people must have an opinion on this specific subject.
0: Well, I responded, I think it's just as likely as there being a shooter on the grassy knoll. And she nodded sagely as if to say, that means it is likely. (laughs) When, of course, I meant the opposite. But uh, yeah, I'm. I don't perfect. tend to be one for conspiracy theories. Welcome uh, but... to the
1: Yannex podcast on the topic of British conspiracy theories. And... Well, <laughs> uh,
0: you'll be pleased to know that the first question on the spreadsheet is, "What's your favourite conspiracy theory?" So we've not na- we've nailed that one. No, perfect, excellent. Thank uh, well, you, person who asked that. I-, I mean, we could have looped that into Hunt the Vigil and actual conspiracies or Deviant the Renegades, but nah. uh, but no, no, or even Conspiracy X if we wanted to go off piste. But instead. Ooh. Uh, a it's a game you don't hear about very often. It is, indeed. It's a shame. Decent game. Uh, I is. assume it's out of print. I, but then again, I think most uh, Eden Studios games are available on Drive Through RPG. Right, exactly. As I'll say, yeah, it's available through Drive Through RPG. Yeah, but in traditional print, I doubt it. I but anyway but I'll tell you what is available in traditional print Hunter the vigil and deviant the renegade <laughs> so if you want conspiracies in your games there you go those games are well suited to it uh, so let's get on to our first question I will unless they are targeted I will ask them generally and see if anyone wants to answer uh, and if that turns into a chaotic mess uh, then I'll start sorting <laughs> uh, so oh, I'm a chaotic going chaotic to... mess that never uh, happens. I will mangle the names of these people. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce the second row. After.
1: <laughs> we did have uh, somebody give us a wonderful uh, phonetic pronunciation farther yes. down, which is nice. Oh, yes, good.
0: indeed. So I, I look forward to that one. But this one, I do not. So we could go for Nako. I'm
1: going to go with Nako because it looks yeah. Japanese. <laughs> That's what, what I'm assuming.
0: Means. I don't think it's Bake Niko.
1: <laughs> um,
0: which would be wow. a very English way.
1: It could be a mixture of English and Japanese. It could be yeah. Bake nickel, like a, a like a cat a- that gets high.
0: Hey, a- what's <laughs> your name? <laughs> bake Nako. Um, so Bake Nako asks, is there any an asterisks chance of Hunter the Reckoning? You need to put a colon and capitalize the T. Uh...
1: <laughs> <laughs> you just yeah. kind of criticize uh, people of- for not following our style guide. <laughs>
0: Yes, well, the much. conspiracy theory here is we were actually setting this up to mock your questions, and uh, we weren't going to answer any of them seriously. That's so, not true. no, no, not true at all. Is there any chance of Hunter the Reckoning or Demon the Fallen twenty-ish edition? Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this, 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 this happens every time we do a mailbag where somebody will ask us questions that like we literally can't answer because it like either we can't talk about it or we don't know because that's Paradox's decision, right? Yeah, right. Like, in we this, don't in this own case, these games.
2: Yeah. Um. Uh. Basically, there's a cat uh, questions either on that sheet which I can't see or maybe unasked. It's some form of, hey, it does game Paradox own gonna have edition i want coming out and the answer mm. is if paradox says yes then yes if paradox says no then no if paradox says nothing then no
0: yeah now i will i'm gonna add a little bit of opinion in here and, uh, uh, yeah i know this isn't speaking for the company but i consider it highly unlikely this is me matthew dawkins individual at large consider it highly unlikely hunts of the reckoning will get a 20th edition simply because there it is a, a- Exactly, right. a fifth yep. edition equivalent. I don't, I, I, off the top of my head, I can't tell you whether Hunter the Reckoning is considered a fifth edition because obviously it only had one. But obviously to line it up, with I think that everybody Empire... calls
1: it H five online. Yeah, yeah. To go with V five, um, it
2: is technically
0: the third edition. Is it? Yeah, there's uh, Hunter the Reckoning. Wasn't there yeah. a
2: revised? No,
0: no, it wasn't. It was just revised. I think it came out. Uh, yeah, it was one of the revised era core books. Well, it, right, but
2: that's the same problem, right? It's like, it was never it was never revised. It was only one edition of it. But we call yes. it revised. Same yes. thing. It's not fifth edition, but it came out the same. It has the same mechanical continuity as Vampire 5th edition. So it's being lumped into a fifth edition.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I, th- I think it effectively counts as uh, second. But uh, either way, I don't think it's very likely uh, for the reasons mm-hmm. stated. Demon the Fallen, we don't know. Uh, it's, it's I guess, a, a vague possibility, but as Dixie and Eddie have said, it would be Paradox's call, not ours. And uh, if it were offered to us as a possibility, we would have to consider the pros and cons. Uh, but uh, there's not even a guarantee that it would be offered to us if uh, Paradox wanted to make it. Right. Uh, so, yeah, we don't know if there's any chance. All we can do is really say... If you really want those games, get in touch with Paradox via one of their social media streams and. Uh,
1: but be nice. Inquire.
0: yeah. Be nice. Don't be demanding <laughs> or entitled. You know, as a nice way to ask. And Becky Nako you have asked in a perfectly nice way. Don't get That's me wrong. True. I will say, uh,
2: um, yeah. my my kind of hot take on on Hunt of the Reckoning is like, if I were to do or I were involved with the 20th anniversary edition of Hunter the Reckoning, I personally would probably want to keep it in that early 2000s zone because i feel like the early 2000s internet culture so shapes the feel of Hunter the Reckoning yeah that in order to do a proper anniversary edition you kind of need to keep time still to make that work
1: yeah the only longer campaign of that i ever played in uh i i was probably 18 so it was like 2003 i guess mhm um i was somewhere in there and it definitely felt very modern at that time for a game that came out in 99 yeah yeah um but yeah like it it was was definitely like steeped in like i think our game had like a bunch of like punk and goth kids in it because that's what we all were so we were like let's just pretend like we're you know people that would hang out at the club that Mm. then something Mm -hmm. bad happens and everybody goes shit um we had a lot of fun with it
2: Yeah, but the fact that internet access is
0: a merit is kind of a key point. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Uh, And don't, don't forget, listeners, you know, if you want to play Hunters, there is, and I certainly don't say this as a consolation prize, Hunter the Vigil 2nd Edition, which if you are playing a conspiracy level grants you all kinds of powers which could be roughly translated to imbuements. All right, they might come from Lucifer instead of God if you're a member of the Lucifuge. But uh, in function... Uh, it can actually be the same kind of game. You are a character mm-hmm. that has been touched by a supernatural entity, you know, and uh, that has gifted you powers that you may not truly understand. You don't have to work up from Cell to compact Conspiracy in Vigil. I think a lot of people do run it like that. You can go straight in at conspiracy level and start playing around with these weird and wonderful uh, supernatural gifts. So... Uh that that is an avail available option. Likewise, Demon the Fallen. Demon the Fallen doesn't really have a direct uh Chronicles of Darkness companion. Obviously, there's Demon the Descent, but they mm-hmm. are uh Pretty descent. Yeah, they're told from very different angles. Uh I would suggest that if you are looking to scratch that Demon the Fallen itch of having a essentially cursed human with uh, a great deal of power at your disposal, um, you may actually want to start looking at Trinity and things like Aberrant mm-hmm. uh, because Demon the Fallen's powers are, f- despite the flavor, quite super heroic in nature. And uh, Aberrant obviously covers that very well. So does Scion, of course.
2: Yeah, but well, actually, actually, Aberrant's a good choice because, if I remember correctly, Demon Fallen also very much played with the massive power, but at what
0: cost? Dynamic, yeah, yeah, which aberrant does really well too with the transcendence mechanic. Yeah, uh, and there's a bit, bit of that in Geist the Sin Eaters with possessions mm-hmm. and things mm-hmm. like that.
1: You also got Math of the Mythos.
0: Yep, yep, yeah. absolutely Probably a pretty good That's one scuba. for mm-hmm.
1: uh, you know being given powers, but at what cost? To the cost mm-hmm. of. The madness of Lovecraftian monsters, you know.
0: I hope we're able to make every single question stretch out to 10 minutes, because this will give us enough fuel to last for something like five episodes. Uh, (laughs) So so the next question...
1: People submit questions in, like, late February and they'll get them answered after Easter.
0: One day. (laughs) Uh, Big Mike asks, uh, how do streamers get in touch with you about running games in your systems? Well, that's very easy. Big Mike uh, this is going to be a short answer. Well, I say that now, and they never end up short. <laughs> Uh, every single monday on the blog we post a link to the form you can submit your games to if you can't find it there look in the video description of the onyx path news because the link to the form is on there as well uh we basically invite people to stream games do reviews do deep dives do beginners guides character creation videos just chat about the games you like to be honest we are interested in seeing a range of content. So if you are someone who really wants to talk about the games you love, Mm -hmm. you don't have to have a group of people to play them with. One of the most popular kinds of gaming stream is genuinely character creation because it fires off people's imaginations. So if you're interested, do find that link. We may be able to put it in the show notes. I imagine we can. Uh, And... uh, Yeah, uh, by all means, submit your idea and uh, get on camera. We can even help you out with things like your sort of overlay if you want a nice border around your head, or if you are running a game, uh, borders around everybody's heads and a. Game appropriate background. So we love having new streamers getting involved, and we have a pretty active schedule on Twitch mm-hmm. that, of course, gets transferred over to YouTube.
1: And of course, if you're talking about running one of our games on your channel, then that's also something you can talk to us about through your email, the form. Um, if you email any of the emails listed on the uh, onyxpath.com website, we'll get it to the appropriate person.
0: Yep, yep. uh We gen- tend to be very supportive of streamers. If you want to run one of our games, we can often provide the storyteller, story guide, at the very least, a a PDF, if they don't already have it, of the book they want to run, at the very least. So, yeah, uh, get in touch if you're interested. We can chat about it. It'll be myself or Travis Legg that gets back to you uh, via that form. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, um, thank you very much for the inquiry. Richard T. Powell asks, "Will Ooh, there- full name. I know. What do you think the T stands for? Thomas. You think Targaryen. Thomas?
1: Yeah, no, it's just Rich Thomas.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Where does the Powell enter into it? And uh, why did Rich Thomas th- ask, th- ask? Why did Rich Thomas ask this particular question?
1: I don't know. <laughs> uh, I, 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 see a middle name for T, and I, I assume Thomas. Okay. I, I, I don't know why, but then I realize I had said Richard Thomas, and you know. Yeah. ADHD head connections.
0: There you go. And Eddie thinks Richard Tiberius Powell. Yes. I'll go for Richard Theophilus. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, So Richard Theophilus Thomas (laughs) Tiberius Powell asks Will there be any more Changeling, colon, capital T, the lost second edition? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Will there be any more Changeling the lost 2E products? Uh, we still got
1: the hedge for <laughs> is forthcoming.
0: See, yeah. previous question, or well, not previous question before. <laughs> well,
1: yes, but I will say that there is at least one more book coming out, which is The Hedge.
0: And it's pretty sizable. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it's a product a lot of people have been looking forward to. Obviously, it's a book that's been in development for a while, uh, but we are aware that Changeling and Mage fans, uh, and the reason I group them together is because we have uh, products coming out for both Changing the Lost and Mage The Awakening. Um, But it's also the fact that fans of these games are a... Uh, excitable bunch, let's say. And I don't mean this in any way dismissively. You, you like No, your they're, products they're very passionate be, and, yeah. and, and
2: very much excited to see anything that comes out for their game line.
0: And that means work. we want to get them absolutely right. And that's not yeah. to say we don't give the same amount of care and attention to other games, but there's a, there are certain complexities when it comes to Mage the Awakening. Uh, it probably has a more involved canon than some of the other Chronicles of Darkness. And Changing the Lost has an awful lot of sub. Matter that needs to be handled very delicately, yeah. and so yeah. it does take longer for us to work on games like that. But uh, the art has been contracted for Tome of the Pentacle, or is in the process of being so for Mage and Changing the Lost the Hedge uh, is not going to be too far behind mm-hmm. in terms of other books for Changeling. Again, as Eddie went, mm, it is paradoxes cool,
1: Seagie C- question one,
0: yeah, right. So Question four is a... There's a mystery behind this one, so we can oh, no. always guess. Uh, this is <laughs> this is submitted by definitely who you think it is. And that's not me being glib, Eddie. That's the name they put in. <laughs> uh, so after I ask the question, given yeah, the nature of it, we can all guess who we think it is because I have no idea. Um, unless it is Rich Thomas trying to troll us. Um, <laughs> Could be. So, so the question is, if there was a hashtag to tell Paradox Entertainment uh, we want more Chronicles of Darkness and Path Publishing, what would it be? First of all, it's Paradox Interactive. See, I am, I'm being a real picky bastard. Paradox Entertainment <laughs> is or was a different company. Um, yeah, they're
1: actually like a RPG publishing company, right? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I don't think they're active anymore. They used to have something to do with Conan and, of course, uh, the Cult Divinity Lost game. But oh, yeah. that aside, that aside, um, firstly, please don't hashtag or set up any kind of campaign like that. As I said, just contact their... Contact, contact them through their social media. Um, we don't want to start a rally for Chronicles of Darkness.
1: And be nice.
0: Uh, yeah, that's the thing. I'm going to keep nice. saying
1: be nice be whenever nice. we talk about don't this. don't be
0: entitled. Send, email, send an email. I would nicely worded email if it really is important to you. Um, but we, as a licensee, certainly can't say to our fans and customers, readers, role players, we want you to campaign on our behalf, if that makes sense. It, it's a bit, yeah, of uh, a bit murky area. So anyway, that's how you should do it. But who do you definitely think that is, Dixie?
1: Uh, Tom Hanks.
0: Tom Hanks? Wow! <laughs> well, I'm so pleased that Tom is a fan of the Chronicles of Darkness. He seems like a really nice guy. Which Chronicles of Darkness game line do you think Tom Hanks is the biggest fan of?
1: Um... I think, I think he's a Requiem classicist.
0: As in first edition? Yes. Oh, be gone, Tom Hanks.
1: He, he only likes the clan books from first edition.
0: <laughs> well, I can't hold that against him, but come on, they're not even Onyx Path books.
1: Yeah, but, you know, he just wants more of those. He wants he wants to put Mike through the ringer art-wise, is what he wants.
0: Ah, I see. That makes sense. Right, well, he should be playing They Came From Beyond the Grave, because they came from Dracula's tomb has plenty of vampire creation rules, in which are more akin to Vampire the Reckon 1st Edition. Also, uh, so
1: I don't get I charged with podcast crimes, that was a joke and it's not, in fact, slander. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, again, if Alex Jones is all right, I'm sure you will be. No! Uh, Alex Jones is not all right, by any definition. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Eddie, who do you definitely think that is?
2: Uh, King Charles' Head Swan Assassin.
0: His head swan assassin, as in an yes. assassin of swans. No, what assassin No, no, no is a no. swan. Right, a the swan, swan who's an in an charge assassin. of all of the swan assassins. Right. And which Chronicles of Darkness game do you think the head swan assassin is a big... Obviously uh, uh, deviant. Yeah, sounds like a deviant. Yeah. Swans are deviants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? See? <laughs> <laughs> I've seen what they do to each other. <laughs> Perverts. Uh, I... I'm going to assume that it is the ghost of Gary Gygax, who, <laughs> wow. who is asking out of genuine curiosity if there's a hashtag. Unfortunately, he hasn't realized that as a ghost, he can't interact with Twitter.
1: And honestly, as a very old person, he doesn't even know what a hashtag is.
0: Yeah, well, he thinks it's something that you smoke and then uh, pin to someone's back. So Sky asks... <laughs> Exalted Essence is the streamlined version of Exalted, Dixie. How? (laughs) It's not a question. It it doesn't actually have my name in it, just so you know. No. Uh, uh, Exalted Essence is the streamlined version of Exalted, full stop. How did that wind up being over 300 pages? Is there any plan for a very streamlined version, say one that could fit on two or three pages?
1: no is the short answer there's no plan for that um i have no idea how you would go about doing that considering that i mean we that's that's kind of why we've been saying it's streamlined and not that it's rules light because it's there, there are still enough rules there's a, about the equivalent of like a, a chronicles game in terms of rules right hmm. um but we put 10 splats in that book like what do you want from me
2: um, <laughs> right because it because it, it's it, it's it's the exalted Third edition book plus all ten of the Splat books crammed into in three hundred pages. Or sorry, nine Splat books still all crammed into three hundred pages. That's like what something like
1: three thousand I mean, pages. Yeah, the core yeah. book is like six hundred. Like it's 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 the next biggest book we did after uh, Mage Mage Twenty, right? Um, and so like if you look at that and you look at the page count of Lunar's Dragon Blooded, uh, we have you know Exigents and Sidereals and stuff coming along, um, and then you condense all those into one book i think we did a great job making it more streamlined but i can't imagine unless you made it just maybe like a purely narrative game like there's there's no dice rules no yeah. real rules uh which if you want to do that fine like if you just want to pretend to be exalts i don't care and you have like, one that's, stat that's it's
2: called awesome rated
0: one to ten and you roll your awesome dice and well, describe yeah. awesome so so I, I think yeah i think it is possible but you would have to really pare down what you're looking to do it would be a let's say a solar exclusive game again but yeah it, yeah, it becomes entirely narrative um and i again not saying this is a bad thing it's it's maybe a good idea uh having a solar only game where charms are narratively created a sort of almost mage the ascension way yeah and um but yeah as if that could fit into three pages um <laughs> but uh yeah it i think it's it's doable but certainly not in the same way as exalted essence which is there to provide players with a lot of options mm-hmm. but in a more condensed and uh, as you mentioned just a sort of streamlined version so yeah
1: i mean i'm i'm very pleased with what the team did with uh essence and i i, I love that book uh also the layout is beautiful thank you mike cheney um we had some weird requests during proofing and he went in and did all of them and made the book look even better which made me, made me very happy nice uh, like in the original uh PDF I saw just so y'all know uh, the charm sections weren't color coded and now they are and they look great um they were just all one color throughout so yeah I I love that we were able to do so much with it I love how creative the team got to get um, I loved the you know look of calculations in their brains as they shut down. When I told the and Monica we were putting all ten splats in here, uh, <laughs> right? Like, it, like brains shut down and then they got really excited. Yeah. <laughs> but there was like a moment of like, I do what now? For a for a found. Um, yeah. But yeah, I I love what we ended up doing. I. I'm very very close even to some of the splat art notes because there are a few of them that i wrote that every time that i see them they make me happy uh so yeah no i am I, i'm very pleased with this uh, i think that a two to three page exalted game is something that's probably more suited to like a game jam on the fan discord or something mm. uh because that is the kind of thing that people do for like writing exercises sure uh so maybe you know that's something that y'all could think about doing over there if any of the uh mods or creative folks from the exalted fan quarter listening uh because that's that, that, that could be fun like how how far can you condense this uh but as a product that we put out like even when we talk about like a print on demand thing like you can't print on demand three pages i mean you could print it at home but right. we couldn't make it like a project besides a pdf if we did something like that uh because even our tasty bits are like
2: longer than two pages
0: yeah oh and yeah those no. are
2: those are four thousand words yeah, Tasty Bit is like on average like seven ten pages.
1: Yeah, so yeah, like there will be a lot of changes made to get it on two three pages, um, but yeah, y'all y'all have fun with that if you want to do it as like a like a game jam. I I I gift you that idea of seeing how far down you can condense Exalted and have it still feel anything like Exalted.
0: <laughs> okay, so William Ojeda says, "Any project on the making for Pathfinder Two E." Don't, um, um, not funded. from us, um, but <laughs> but I'm sure other companies are. Uh, so you know, not absolutely nothing against. Pathfinder. Oh,
2: oh, oh no, I, I I think maybe they're asking us for playing do like say a a two e version. Yeah, yeah, or, or but yeah, but yeah okay. we've
0: got absolutely nothing against Pathfinder. In fact, I'm a big mm-hmm. fan of Pathfinder, more so than D and um, But we are currently pursuing Onyx Twenty, our own uh, D twenty system. It's the one that's been used for Realms of Pugmire. By yep. Eddie and his team, and uh, it seems to have landed very well with the backers mm-hmm. of uh, the new edition of Pugmire. Uh, yep. So, how that rolls out for future books that we want to use a uh, D20 based system. Uh, is yet to be seen. Uh, it isn't the same system as Pathfinder uses. It's not the same system that D and D uses. And so yeah, we will be playing around with it and seeing what else it can fit. Uh, it may well be that we just use it for realms of Pugmire. It could mm-hmm. be, however, that we decide, oh, let's pick up this project, and that project. We don't know yet because it's still early days. Yeah,
1: it's like but, if 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 it's if it's wonderful, we could turn around and be like, let's make eight thousand fantasy games. But mm, you know, we right. don't know.
0: Um, so yeah, uh, we have to wait and see on that one But it's a good question Because I think all of us like Pathfinder But uh, yeah, it's just not the system we're we're using For any of our game lines right now uh, Dolt, uh, with an A <laughs> I'm not calling you a Dolt <laughs> You're
1: just calling somebody a Dolt Wow
0: <laughs> yeah, Wow, so I, oh, this is taking a turn I've, uh, t- I've wound back the clock 150 years Where Dolt would be a common insult You Dolt uh, If <laughs> Dolt uh, asks if given the chance, what would you change about the story path system and why?
1: Uh, see story path ultra.
0: <laughs> Basically, yeah. <laughs> well, they can't um, see story path ultra.
2: Yet. We, we, I mean, we obviously it's been several years since we started working on story path. We've learned a ton. Um, we've seen how people interact with it, uh, and a lot of that has gone into the design of story path ultra. Um, uh, I, I had a little bit to do with that but that, a lot of that was was Danielle definitely doing a lot of the heavy lifting on making that a new direction. Um, but I mean I know like I'm, I'm just going to say it because it's going to come up anyway. Um, obviously how we presented scale did not land the way we'd hoped. Uh, so if I had to pick one thing of like how can we, re, how can we clarify that and, and reposition that in a way that people get it that would definitely be high on my personal list. Uh, because I have always felt that scale is an amazing mechanic, and it just seems like the mechanic I see and the mechanic most designers see is not the mechanic that most of the players are seeing.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting question of communication, I suppose. Right. Uh, we've tried uh, explaining scale in a number of ways.
1: Including on this very podcast.
0: Yeah, rather yeah. presenting it in different fashions. And uh, for some people, that's absolutely fine. For a for a minority, it seems, but there are still definitely people out there. Uh, they look at scale, and it just is like looking at I don't know calculus, uh, and that really isn't the case. You know, it, it's a, it is a simple case. or tends to be a simple case of multiplication. Um, an exponential growth. Uh, do tell me if I'm shutting you down, uh, right now. Uh, but yeah, Eddie, Eddie is correct. Uh, there, there's been enough feedback now to convince us that we need to present it in a different way. Um, even do away with the term, if not the idea, and uh, yeah, see how we can change it for ultra. But
2: I mean, uh, ultra is not like a new edition necessarily either, no, right? I mean, no. Um uh we're still gonna make stuff in, in StoryPath as you understand it now going forward. Uh it, and I would argue that each time we do new stuff in Story Path, we're always iterating and changing. Um
0: Yeah, yeah. I found that a lot where they came from.
2: Yeah, yeah. Because I remember when I worked on the first They Came From game, you and I were tweaking and adjusting uh at that point the Trinity version of Story Path. Uh, to work well. And then each time you've refined it, refined it, refined it, refined it. Yeah. Uh, and they're all compatible. I mean, they all work together, but how you present the information and how you uh, adjust it and and some of the under the hood uh, modifications, uh, uh, we, we're always learning and iterating. And, and each book, I think, benefits from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, it, it, it's not like this edition, of uh, the rules stop and another edition starts. It's rather ultra a different presentation of the same material uh so that way um hopefully it hits people differently and they can understand it better but also we're making some adjustments that work better for games like the world below to make sure that that's hitting exactly the way it needs to
0: hit uh well i have a separate answer uh that doesn't relate to scale and... like i
1: would throw it out i oh, yes, hate story uh, <laughs> i
0: would replace it with pathfinder too. no uh, <laughs> story, I... t- t-
1: story pathfinder
0: uh, uh I yes <laughs> when, when you really can't find your your story path story path finder ultra yeah. tensai hire a story <laughs> Pathfinder.
1: dragon cooking mama yeah. <laughs>
0: uh it's um it would again be in the question of presentation it's a question that i've seen come up a few times uh in feedback typically errata some of our books it's uh a lot of people, and I've had this discussion with Eddie, in fact, not that long ago, it's regarding damage. It's a simple, simple mm. thing, yeah. uh, but it's the damage or injuries that you're inflicting on your your opponent in a story path game, that to an awful lot of people, the idea of a sort of static one damage uh, which may be increased, uh, albeit to a low degree, uh, with a stunt. Um, but everything beyond that essentially forms status effects, uh, or conditions, I should say. Uh, now, a lot of people see that one damage. One damage from a gun, one damage from a knife, one damage from a club. Uh, how does that make sense? Except... The way we need to be presenting that, uh, I feel, is uh, something, again, born from this conversation with Eddie, that we need to be telling people up front that, look, most antagonists have somewhere like three to six health. Mm -hmm. If, uh, If you are facing down one monster and all five player characters are wailing on this person in one round, let's say three of them hit successfully then you've already removed half its health. Uh, The the Story Path isn't a game that is meant to have three-hour-long sessions of one combat. There are games that do that, and plenty of role players that enjoy it, and all power to them. But Mm -hmm. Story Path is a game where combat is a bit fast, brutal, and bloody. Uh, It doesn't have to be horrific. It depends on the tone of the game. But usually, if someone is getting shot... Especially multiple times, that's them down, it isn't? Okay, let's count down from 120 hit points and work out how many bullets they that bounce off of them, or just cause bruises, or hit non-essential organs and things like that. We we like the story to to flow with these games, so right. s- sometimes it's a uh, almost a mistra- not a mistranslation a. A breakdown in game communication, or oh, people will play a lot of, let's say, D and D, where you do have characters with hundreds of hit points, and they see a system where you're doing a single point of damage, and they think what? But again, all you have to yeah. do is play around with it for a little while, and you realise, oh, okay, that that's why, because combat's only last about three rounds.
2: Yeah, and and, I mean, uh, I know uh, the peak example that for me was uh, work on Aberrant because uh, there have been a lot of superhero taped-up role-playing games over the past 30 years. But all of them have some pretty common core assumptions and how they work that Aberrant doesn't necessarily adhere to. Hmm. Uh, And a lot of people, I think, really kind of struggle to realize, no, this is not – a generic superhero game this is a very specific take on superheroes uh and so it's not going to work quite the same way uh and so you know maybe in retrospect, we, i retrospect just i felt like we did actually say here's how our game is different yeah um, some people maybe just didn't see those or didn't well that, that's, them, that's my but, thing
0: i think it's a question of presentation it's right. just simply how do we convey this message so that people get it without having to play it first if you see what i mean
2: right and that goes back to ultra i feel like ultra Mm. uh, i think some people are expecting this to be a completely different system it's like no it's going to be very similar it's just we are refining all that presentation uh to make sure it's absolutely as clear as possible um and uh it's going to be a way to kind of really help to bridge those gaps a little better we're hoping
0: indeed okay next question uh so this is a really good question from lunar Lorcan. i am sure there are many variables to this kind of thing but generally speaking at what point during the run of an edition of a game line is the decision made to make a new edition i think that's a really good question mm-hmm. you know uh, if if there is a stock answer that is um i, I don't know if there is i mean i could tell you the decisions that went into pugmire yeah please um
2: uh But I will say, like, uh, so, like, before I do into that, I mean, to give you an example of how broad this answer can be, we made new editions of Trinity and Scion because we bought those from another company and wanted to put our own stamp on them. So, that's a very obvious reason to do an edition. Oh, we're new owners. We want to do a new thing. Um, For for Pugmire, uh, it was over time seeing, like, how I could refine the system, how I could adjust them um, at a certain point in time. It's like, okay, is there enough changes here that are both actual improvements to the game and substantive enough to justify asking them to buy a new book? Uh, there's, you know, that that's a big piece of it. Um, there are financial considerations, to be honest. I mean, at a certain point in time, it's hard and hard to sell the same book. So having a new book, yeah. you know, brings more people in. but. Um, In Pugmire's case, uh, we did three, I I had this brand idea of having three core rule books that turned out to be two core rule books and then making supplements for those two core rule books turned out to be really hard to do. Um, It would be so much easier if I could just have one core rule book and seeing how easily Trinity and Scion and other games that have that one core rule book structure, it's like, oh, it's so simple, just reference this and then build out from there. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's like, but I have to cross-reference everything between Bugmire and Monarchy's Mow and they're all just a little different, which in my head made sense, but then actually making source books, it's like, okay, I have to count, count for the difference in this versus that. And, uh, so there's lots of those logistical reasons to make a new edition where it's say, okay, in order to make the game go where we need it to go, we need to reformat and restructure this to build off of a new foundation. Um, technology changes, you know, uh, uh, the market changes, uh, the tabletop role-playing market in 2015 is wildly different from the market in 2023 yeah yeah uh and this basket starter really kind of reinforced that in a lot of ways like we had a very different tone very different group people and people are looking for very different things in games now than they Mm -hmm. were just seven years ago uh and i've been as part of a a personal project looking back at the history of the ogl and the uh, you know there's idea of there's this the open game license has you know this one culture, but it's not true. There's been like six or seven eras of the OGL since 2000. Um, And so, I mean, there are financial reasons. There are design reasons. There are artistic reasons. There are all sorts of reasons to new edition. There's not really a stock answer. The only thing I can give you that's remotely a stock answer is the previous edition is no longer suitable. We can't, for some reason, it, it, it's not representing the, the game in the best possible way anymore.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's that's a thing is, like, as you poke at games and, you know, play them over the course of years and everything, uh, even as designers, a lot of times we end up, like, house ruling stuff. Or going, oh, man, I wish I had thought of X a thing in the core yeah. book, but now it's book four, you know? Right. And I would like to put it in the core book. Um, so being able to do that is nice. Being able to go back and go, like, oh, hey, we should really do a new thing. Like, you know, um, like, you could argue either way that there's no need ever for a new edition and that there's lots of need for new editions and constant updates, right? Like, right. I think that you could really easily argue both sides. <laughs> um, I know that for things that have come out in, in, in the past couple of decades, it's a little bit less pressing than for things that are maybe a, lot, a little more problematic from, you know, the the, the before times. Right. But still, like... You know, Eddie's been steeped in Pugmire for many years now, <laughs> yes. and I've been steeped in it for a hot minute myself. And e- even then, like there are things that, you know, I am I I am running Pugmire One E for my my gaming group right now, and like there are things that I'm like, oh, I didn't realize it was like this in One E because I haven't looked at the core Pugmire book in so long,
2: you know. Right. Yeah, and um, the nice thing about the current tabletop environment is that. In the before times, like you said, if a new edition came out, that was it. You won't play Mm -hmm. the game. You're buying the new edition.
1: Exactly. But
2: because organizations like DriveThruRPG exist and the the way that model things, one thing I love about DriveThruRPG is that different editions can exist simultaneously and Mm -hmm. even be supported simultaneously if the company desires. Uh, So um, you end up kind of with these bifurcated channels. Like I have, have argued that we're now at a point where every edition of D&D is ultimately its own brand. I mean, if you want to play a version of 3.5 D&D, you play Pathfinder. If you want to play a version of first edition AD&D, you play Osric, so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, And so just because a new edition comes out doesn't mean you have to burn your old books and throw them all away. Um, Yeah, you may not be able to get support for it anymore, but also... There's going to be people online who are going to be like, you know, I really want to use this second edition book, but use it for first edition. I mean, I, because I am a masochist, occasionally wade into the which Shadow rendition is best conversations. And those get heated, but they're heated primarily because there's not a clear-cut answer everyone has kind of a different take on what they want out of Shadowrun, and therefore yeah. each edition of Shadowrun serves them best and there's enough editions of Shadowrun that you can look at the shades of variation between them and go well fifth provides this but third provides that and mm-hmm. no one likes first but everyone kind of maybe thinks seconds is okay uh and but if you don't like these kinds of rules and you want to go for this edition and and, and so to the point where people are cobbling together i run sixth edition but i use fourth edition decking <laughs> and third edition character buy you know and, and you you can do that uh so i mean additions don't matter as much question mark um so uh it goes back to my earlier point the reason you do a new edition is because for whatever reason the current edition is not your best foot forward it's not the best presentation of the game for mm-hmm. whatever reason and you need to put a new version of that game out
1: like i personally think the best edition of shadow run is cyberpunk Red, right? so
0: you know
2: <laughs> <laughs> sauerpunk red plus elf lines online
0: man yeah, i would have gone for neon uh, city overdrive uh, also uh, a really good game actually yeah. uh, so anyway sternutation dot who i believe is uh, tom hanks says i had a question regarding or well, related to vampire space colon the requiem <laughs> wow The flagship title of Chronicles of Darkness. At
1: at least this person capitalized T in the...
0: They did, they did. Sternutation, Tom Hanks, I really appreciate you. (laughs) Uh, It's clearly Tom because he's a fan. They're a fan of Vampire the Requiem. I am curious about upcoming projects in the game. It's my favorite World of Darkness title. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Tom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Matthew. As, uh, because of how much flexibility it offers to both players and stories. Well, we're all very big fans of Vampire the Requiem, especially second edition, Sternutation, and uh, have to refer you to previous answers. As it's a Chronicles of Darkness game, uh, yeah, it's up to Paradox mm-hmm. Interactive. Uh, we're very happy with the books we have released for Vampire uh, the Requiem, and uh, yeah, ultimately, mm-hmm. it is down to the license holder. Uh, and yeah, uh, you are quite correct. It does offer a lot of flexibility to players and storytellers. Yeah. Uh, Matthew Lutz says, which actors would play each of you in the inevitable movie about the genesis of Onyx Path Publishing?
1: Well, I think only Eddie was there at the genesis.
0: Yeah, it's uh, true. I guess so... we arrive in the sequel. Yeah,
1: yeah. We're the, like... the less
0: well-acclaimed <laughs> sequel. You're, you're in The Hobbit 2. right. Oh, God. I
1: mean, I was going to go for <laughs> Ant-Man and the Wasp, but if you want to relegate us to <laughs> Hobbit 2, Jesus Christ.
0: We are two bumbling dwarves. Well, by that logic, I'm
2: in Hobbit 1, so I don't get off unscathed either, don't worry.
1: Aren't all the same characters from Hobbit 1 and Hobbit? Wait, Hobbit 2 is where Smog comes in. I'll be Smog. Smog.
0: That- That's true. So you're going to be played by Benedict Cumberbatch?
1: Yes, yes. Just turning into a dragon.
0: Doing that thing where he's just crawling around on a mat going, "Ah, I am Dixie Cochran. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You don't need to be doing this, Benedict. We're going to be CGing. Don't
2: care. Ah, care. uh,
0: We're going to be CGing in Dixie Cochran.
2: (laughs) I will still goiser like a great dragon.
1: (laughs) Now I feel like he should play you. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: well, he's a very talented actor, and uh, Eddie's favorite Sherlock Holmes. So, <laughs> oh, oh, I will not stand here for Shots this slander.
1: Fire! That
0: is slander, and that is a podcast crime. Uh, so...
1: uh, well, you live in the same country now, so you could just go hit him.
0: It's true. Uh, I'll go. I'll go for Tom Hanks.
1: You, you want Tom Hanks to play you?
0: Yeah, why not? We're both so... fans of *Vampire the Requiem*. <laughs>
1: You are also now like <laughs> 25 to 30 years older than you actually
0: are. I think Tom Hanks could play it younger without any of that de-aging technology.
1: <laughs> what about you, Eddie? Who would play you? Um,
0: I'm going to go with Henry Rollins.
1: All right, all right, all right.
0: Yeah, same, same ingrained bitterness. Wearing yeah, yeah, a yeah.
1: very exciting wig for the first half.
0: <laughs> <laughs> very exciting. I, I, I know. Realistically, uh, I'd probably go for some obscure actor no one has ever heard of because uh, there aren't. Uh, my, my appearance doesn't really fit into Hollywood.
1: Yeah, I. I mean, same kind of like there are a lot of very talented younger actors now that we were going to do like younger versions. Great, but mm. I feel like actors that are close to my age, but also. Could maybe pull off my energy on some level. What's, would be like... what's
2: uh, the, the actress who plays? I uh, think in... like
1: Aubrey Plaza, maybe, or yeah, I think Kat Dennings.
0: There's a lady. Uh, there's an actor in Only Murders in the Building, season two, who I plays, haven't seen season two yet. But yeah. Well, who plays Tina Fey's assistant? Who I think ah. could pass for uh, if you type it into Google now, Dixie. Um, I think could definitely play dixie cochran in the onyx Path publishing movie I unfortunately i don't know the character's name but i'm sure that they will come up pretty easily with only murders in the building i like how Tina matthew Fader has system.
2: dodged the actual answering the question his end.
0: oh no, no no well i went for tom hanks first no you said some obscure actor
2: like and then oh oh
0: okay let me think of an obscure actor Actually, I won't go for an obscure actor. I'm going to go for someone completely not like me. I'll go for Justin Thoreau because I think he he turns my head. Uh, oh, my. He, He's a beautiful man. Beautiful. Uh, and owns, apparently, thousands of T-shirts that he has cut the sleeves off of.
1: Oh. Okay.
0: Yeah, there's something he does. He he cuts the, uh, the sleeves off of T-shirts, but he collects T-shirts. It's just something he does.
1: Okay, so the actress's name is Adina Verson. Okay. i um, playing Poppy White in *A Limber in the Building*, which is funny since I played a character named Poppy. For I was about to
2: say, yeah, Poppy. Uh,
1: but I have, I've seen her on *The Strain*. Is the only thing I've seen her in. Okay. Because uh, I have, like, like I said, I haven't watched season two yet. Mm. Um, I've been way too obsessed with *Poker Face* <laughs> recently, as far as crime shows. Oh my god! I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. You can't get it. It's. It is. Much, much like we talked about, you know, with the other Ryan Johnson films and how much I love all the Benoit Blanc stuff. Mm. I mean, this is basically like Femme Colombo, but That's not what a I've cop. Heard. Um, the I, I've heard stars, I've heard it's basically
2: Benoit Blanc beats Colombo.
1: Well, yeah, but also with Natasha Leone, who's perfect for this. Like the role was written for her, uh-huh. um, and so she's doing her her usual offbeat Natasha Leone stuff really well, and all of the guest stars are amazing um they they did a thing uh to attract more guest stars i guess where every episode all the guest stars are listed as starring for like this week so you've got like nick nolte you've got um jesus christ there's so many people on here uh guzman was on a recent one
0: this isn't the thing with russell crowe in that's called poker face then no no it's a russell crowe thing yeah, yeah, there's a series, a thriller series called Poker Face, led by Russell Crowe. No, no, oh. no. This is the the Ryan Johnson uh,
2: uh, series where she can tell people are lying.
1: Yes, mm. but that is the only like moderately supernatural thing, and we don't right. actually know how she does it. Like she's just if if somebody tells something that they know to be untrue in front of her, she's mm. like bullshit. <laughs> like she can <laughs> tell um, that 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 it's bullshit, and so like. But it only works if people are, like, lying on purpose. Yeah. If if they're lying because they don't know something or because they have the wrong information, that doesn't um, show up on her thing. So, I don't know. I think it's really good. I definitely think you should get it. And apparently, Peacock is available in the UK via Sky TV packages and the streaming service now via the Entertainment Membership.
0: See, I have now, and I just searched for it, and the only poker face on there is the one with Russell Crowe. So I I thought I would do some some sneaky searching. It is VPN time. (laughs) Yeah, right. Uh, So, uh, Derek Drake dramatically requests... How is Exalted Essence going? My players love it and prefer it over Third Edition. I'd hate seeing it die.
1: I mean, it's not even out yet. <laughs> <How> <laughs> is it gonna Why gonna die? die?
0: Uh, I'm sure you don't sound like that, Derek. Has it been killed
2: but... by swan assassins?
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean,
1: those lunars are tricky.
0: That's true. That's true. You have to look out for the swans in Hundred Devil's Night play swan
2: lunar now. That sounds amazing.
1: You could definitely play a swan lunar. You could play yeah, a lunar awesome. that has many forms.
0: Just really aggressive, just constantly pecking just a and break, breaking yeah. people's arms. Very pretty, arms. But so
1: angry. It's a beautiful day in town and you're a horrible swan.
0: I dislike <laughs> yeah, I think geese, uh, not just because of the video game. Geese are more unpleasant than swans. At least swans Agreed. have a certain majesty about them. Geese are just large pests.
1: Also, we've <sighs> used swans as shorthand for like beautiful, graceful
2: things. We you do. You know, don't like we? we have we have right. Swan Lake, we you know mm. swans are just geese with better PR, let's be honest
1: here. I, pretty much. Uh, because <laughs> they are just as mean, if, if not meaner.
2: That's the the entitlement.
0: It's the entitlement that comes with being bird aristocracy.
2: (laughs) Bird aristocracy. (laughs) Uh, They're waiting for
0: the geese revolution. (laughs) The the bourgeoisie geese. Actually, I think it would be the ducks, wouldn't it? The ducks would be leading the revolution. Probably. You know what? Oh, yeah. Those are common as filthy. Yeah. Large, white, barrel chested birds lording it all over the rest of us river folk well now is the time for the ducks to rise up to cast down our loaves of bread Plug my and... supplement
1: when
2: as as we know from <laughs> cartoons ducks have strong ties to the military complex
1: it's Donald duck was a sailor <laughs> and Scrooge McDuck did all kinds of weird shit if you yeah. read the legend well, times talk of
0: it's all about capitalist kings <laughs> what was the he, he betray he betrayed his own people I think uh, Scrooge McDuck worked for the Swans and Geese to keep his fellow ducks down.
1: The question was, how is Exalted Essence going?
2: <laughs> well,
0: we, so it's going very well. It went out to backers. Errata has been compiled. It's been plugged uh. in. And it is nowhere near seeing death, uh, which means within the short term, it should become available you know, via print and demand and PDF on RPG, And uh, soon thereafter, or at some point thereafter, available via traditional print, and if you backed it on uh, via a crowdfunding campaign, you will uh, receive if you backed it out of that level your traditional print mm-hmm. copy.
1: Yeah, no, I um, I definitely think it's it's closer to life than death, since we're you know about to put it out for real it, soon. Yeah,
0: it's only just being birthed oh, right yeah. now. Right now, its fans are viewing it through the ultrasound of backer preview, <laughs> uh, but soon it will emerge covered in gestational goop. goo and the, gestation goo
1: uh goop is an ongoing uh running joke in the fan court so i definitely am uh, excited that we have brought up goop because
2: gestation goop oh, well because mm. the
1: uh the sovereigns which are one of the uh exigent types um have to submerge themselves in a rural goop uh
0: <laughs> do you do you see exalted essence being birthed by exalted third edition in a sort of gynecological way (laughs) or do you think it's more the kind of game to be hatched from an egg or spawned from a pond
1: uh seeing as how i i i pitched this book i'm not gonna get it away from all the live birth analogies (laughs)
0: um
1: i am i am okay with it being uh maybe like a cutting like off a plant Oh, like we like okay. to do a little cutting yeah. off of third edition, and we planted it, and now it's blooming.
2: So um, not
0: like the movie The Fly, is what you're saying?
1: N- no, what is wrong <laughs> with you people? Um, and, and
0: what are you saying? We cut out of Third Edition to make Exalted Essence, Dixie? You, we, you, we've we've lost content now because of this game. <laughs> what what are, the, what are the fans of Exalted Third Edition going to do when they hear this podcast? It's and true. And that you you cut an entire branch, a limb, a healthy limb off of Exalted Third it's Edition. It's by Charms. To, to spawn see. your mutant offspring. <laughs> Exalted Essence.
1: Do you under- Do you not understand how plants work, Matthew?
0: All, all I know is that it's, it's a horrible, macabre state and that nature is anything but sweet and peaceful.
1: I mean, I have been watching The Last of Us, so I do understand that. Mushrooms are evil.
0: Um, Mushrooms are evil.
1: That said, I think it's going really well. Uh, we obviously have the companion book that we funded via the Kickstarter that is is moving right along. Uh, I think it's called Pillars of Creation at this point. Uh, we've got some novellas coming along, which is exciting. Um... We've got other supplementary adventures being worked on. Uh, that said, I think that it, at, one, at, at some point we're going to just consider Golden Essence pro- probably kind of done because the whole point of it was to help out with third edition yeah, and yeah. to give a streamlined rule set. But once we've given you advice, which we have in the book already, about like adapting charms from 3E and you can still use all the setting from the bigger books, uh, like there's no need to reprint that material. Um, we have a little, like, kind of short blurby section on setting in the core book, obviously. But, like, if you really want more setting, go get across the eight directions when it comes out.
2: Right, because Essence was always meant to be just an, an alternative rule set.
1: Exactly. Um, we have enough flavor in there that you don't have to read all the 3 ebooks to run it. Uh, kind of think about, like, the core... I mean, one of my design inspirations for this was, like, the core D&D books, right? Where they don't really give you much of a setting. They're just kind of yeah. like, here's some classes and here's kind of basic setting idea, but you need these other books to have setting. Indeed. Um, and we talked about that a lot when we were designing it to where, like, we gave you a bunch of the major locations, and we also, I love that we did this, put the uh, in, in, inspiration sidebars in there so you can see that, like, this city is a mashup of these ancient cultures with a dash of this thing. And from right. there, you can extrapolate whatever you want, right? Like, you can go on a Wikipedia dive and... Lay out the city if you want. Or if you prefer to you know, stick with what a lot of people consider canon, you could definitely go and just read the setting in the other books. Um, if you have a really cool charm from Lunars that didn't make it into this one or from Dragonblooded, uh, we have advice for adapting those. And... If, if you can't figure it out there is a huge community of people on the internet who will help you adapt charms believe me indeed so yeah i don't i don't think it's going to die i i'm, I'm very happy to see it thriving Indeed. Um, yeah. yeah i am i'm going through errata and lots of good catches and very happy to send it on to uh indexing soon hopefully
0: so yeah and in, inhale the spores of exalted essence.
1: Jesus Christ, Matthew!
0: <laughs> <laughs> burst out in joy and and let them choke. <laughs> no, let let, let the let the mold of exalted essence coat the insides of your lungs. Who, so you who can... let Matthew run this podcast? Anyway. I,
1: he's weird today.
0: <laughs> today, today, yes, it's uh, yeah. I've it's I've like been, extra
1: weird today.
0: <laughs> I've been replaced by a swan. With some kind of floral based infection. <laughs> like, so, like, how many
2: questions did we get through today?
0: Uh, uh, 12? 11. Oh, 11. <laughs> 11. Um, I think uh, it's, yeah, day of the Triffids if the Triffids only went after the swans. <laughs> I,
1: no. I can't, I can't right now. <laughs>
0: Anyway, uh, so yes, we're not going to ask any more questions, so if you haven't asked yours yet, don't despair. We will ask them in the next episode. We, actually, I will not be hosting. I think I will be pulled down from my pedestal. I'm not <laughs> sure we can point.
1: responsibly let you host this episode anymore. <laughs> cast, cast
0: to the floor <laughs> and made to eat the the weeds uh, that exist on this spreadsheet uh, that I'm staring at right now. But, so now, the, sh- the
1: exciting thing is that a lot of the future um, questions are definitely about more Onyx Path-like owned <laughs> stuff. Yes, Um. Yes. So as we go into our 250th episode, what? We're Ooh. going to have a ton of fun going through some of these Uh And just, you know, give it some weird answers. And and also, we've got some great questions like, how's your day going? So you'll find out next week how my day is going. Not today, but today next week. Yeah,
2: you cannot know how today is going, but you'll find out how next
0: week. Well, let's close off by asking that question today, and we'll ask it again next time. And let's see whether there's any measurable difference. So Zach Rules asks, how's your day going? Eddie? It's all right. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Dixie.
1: I mean, we're in that weird thing now where it's afternoon for both of you, but it's still morning for me. So mm. my day has mostly been this, <laughs> like I so got good. Out, I got some coffee. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm having a great time talking to y'all. I always enjoy it. Um, I'm a little hungry, so after we sign off, I'm gonna go get some lunch probably. But uh, overall, day's going all right. It's I'm, I'm I'm in my pajamas in my office, uh, sitting at my desk talking to my friends and colleagues. So you know, it's good. Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, my, my day is uh, well I know Eddie's gone for the really simple answer so that he can say the same thing next week Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you, you
2: intuited my master plan it's
0: alright uh, yeah my day is going fine I've really enjoyed hosting this episode looking back across 249 episodes I'm very proud I feel all of us should be very proud of coming this far with our little show that could and uh, I do thank All of you listeners who have Stuck with us uh, through thick and thin Whether you are a Consistent listener or whether you Just drop in for topics you enjoy And if so why are you listening to this one and, <laughs> Because uh, the only
1: topics They enjoy are our opinions on things obviously
0: Well obviously obviously, And, and conspiracy, conspiracy theories And <laughs> a huge thank you to those of you who Submitted questions uh, It is really appreciated We love interacting yes. with you And and uh, speaking of interaction, if people want to ask you questions, Eddie, where would they find you?
2: Uh, you can find me on Twitter as Pugsteady, that's P-U-G-S-T-E-A-D-Y, or my website
0: at Pugsteady.com. And what about you, Dixie, if someone wants to give you a grilling?
2: As you
1: pointed out last week, they know by now.
0: That's all right, there you go. <laughs> and, and they can it's been 24 episodes, i sure you can figure it out. Yeah, they can yeah. find me on the same place. Many worlds, <laughs> many worlds, one